Welcome to Stories of Hope. This is a podcast by the Dream Center. Where you will hear from people who have stories that once seem hopeless. People whose stories of redemption and life transformation are so powerful, they can only be possible by the power of Jesus. Welcome back to Stories of Hope. I'm Sarah. I'm here with Brady, and we're here for another episode with our dear friend Audrey, who's over the Anderson Pregnancy Center. So, Audrey, tell us, how do you get involved in all that? Um, I actually volunteered to watch children through a class years ago through my church, and um, they were wild. But uh, through that time, got to know the director, and a part-time bookkeeping position came open, and um, I worked there, and a retail job, worked both jobs for a little while. Um, she had to leave unexpectedly because of illness and thought that I could step into the director role, and I fought it tooth and nail and said, oh, no. <laughs> uh, became the interim director, asked literally everybody I met if they wanted to send a resume to be the director for like almost a year, two weeks short of a year. And um, my board chairman took me to coffee and said, are you sure you still want us to find somebody? And honestly, I thought, well, at least the power in the water was still on, and maybe I could do this. Right. <laughs> And now I've been the director for seven years. God, he saw something and other people saw something at the time that I did not see yet. So it has definitely been amazing. Yeah. I love it. Our uh, Mine and Audrey's friendship kind of is like, I love it. I was interning at a church in Anderson um, that was starting like an outreach team. And uh, I got to go just meet a bunch of nonprofit partners, Lot Project, uh, State Fatherhood Coalition, whole bunch in Anderson, and Anderson Pregnancy Care was one of them. Um, and I ended up spending the most time with you out of everybody, which was amazing. Um, and I would always, I would literally go back to the church all the time and be like, um, if I could just go sit in Audrey's office every day and we could just talk, that would be amazing. Um, but also, I'd love to just kind of let everybody know like how you got involved with Dream Center, like what the connection between the two organizations is. So the first time I heard of the Dream Center, one of my board members was... Um, friends with Chris in the past I think you know mm. part of the prayer process and getting things started so um she said I really think you should we should go learn about it I think that y'all can partner and she said let's just go to the volunteer orientation that's the easiest way to get the whole overview and Chris led that volunteer orientation mm. that I was in that day and I cried like three times <laughs> and um she really just moved me her heart for people um without having to have the stories of having been there really mm. moved me um yeah, I have that story, and I work with a lot of people that have kind of been there, done that. That's why we have that compassion. But she didn't come from that position and talked about hope and love in people that just, it inspired me. Right. Um, so we began partnering even just like the Santa shop with some yeah. of our clients, um, letting them be eligible. Uh, I came back and went through another volunteer orientation <laughs> later with some other staff. I was like, yeah. we got to do this again. Right. Um, invited her to speak to my volunteers to inspire them. So, um, and it's just been a great partnership. So it's been cool to see how we have also partnered with like dream dollars and baby bucks mm -hmm. and tried to you know not recreate the wheel a whole bunch of times but use <laughs> yeah. each other's resources yes. so um, oh and the classes yes and the classes i forgot about that oh, yeah. yeah gotta get gotta get some more of those rolling yes you know, a good time. <laughs> um so obviously stories of hope is the podcast here and um for everybody who's listening audrey's story is like Everybody buckle up. It's just, it's just such a testimony of God's faithfulness and literally my like big thing right now is like the sovereignty of God over all situations. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and your story is is one of those things. So um, I'd love to just kind of dive in and have some conversation. <laughs> I, um, I'm getting emotional already. Yeah. I don't normally do that when I give testimony, but I shared with, with them before we started that um, I'm kind of in a valley right now with my family and personally, um, but even now, the hope that I still have. Yeah. And, and part of it comes from remembering where I've been. I shared my testimony um, very publicly last week at a fundraiser that we um, we hosted. And um, it's not lost on me, some of the timing. And anyway, but the hope that I have and where my story came from. So at 17, I, um, I found myself pregnant. And um, there was an adult in my life that kind of shared a a little notebook with a list of what a baby would cost on one side, or we could just go get this abortion and it would be really quick, easy Mm -hmm. fix, you know? And, um, and unfortunately, you know, I chose the latter and there had been some rebellion in my life. I'm an only child. I was raised in church. I praise God for a mom who, who gave me a foundation. Um, but of course in my youth, even after a profession of faith as a child, it didn't look like that, you know? Um, and so what was kind of experimental drug use and maybe a little bit of rebellion post, um, the abortion really kind of spiraled. Um, I think I, I knew enough to know that it was wrong. Um, and that I remember starting to cry right before the anesthesia completely kicked in and a nurse saying, you know, what's wrong, but it was too late. Lights were out and, um, you know, I woke up in a room kind of, it's, it's kind of, the only way to describe it is you feel like you're herded in and out like cattle, like mm-hmm. literally woke up, propped up on somebody I didn't know, like in a chair and just so like cold. Jeez. And then you get your dismissal um, instructions and out the door you went. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't have enough courage at the time to stop it. And I didn't have anybody else in my life that I wish would have just that one person that says, don't do this, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and hence why I am where I am now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that decision, there was many, many more years of other bad decisions. Um, the drug use spiraled, uh, just really trying to run from what I had done and run from God and let the enemy use that for a long time. It led to another um, unplanned pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, unhealthy relationship. And my oldest daughter is um, is now 26, mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that I chose life for her. But I, I was not the mother that she needed because I still had not taken that guilt and shame right. from the abortion to the Lord. I was trying to run from it and deal with it for myself. Uh, so right after she was born, started an eight-year long diet pill addiction um you know legal was legally getting them um but separated me from the lord and as long as i could go fast i didn't have to think about what i had done and um after right at around eight years or so um the area started to kind of crack down i mean it was not being operated the way it should have been anyway it should not have been that easily accessible um but upon that it became hard for me to get the pills so I was buying a lot of them on the street and um it was very costly at the time and somebody introduced um meth that I could probably just use you know a small amount of this a week and it would give me that same you know stimulant type effect and I had literally convinced myself that I couldn't get out of the bed every day if I didn't have two or three pills and um so I thought, yeah, I'll manage this, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll buy $25 worth right. a week and, you know, and yeah, that's, yeah, you know better than that. Right, right. Um, 
So within a year from starting that, from that point, I had lost my job, my apartment, my daughter was living with my parents, and finally I went to jail. And praise God, one of the best things that ever happens to right. me. Um, I told this last week, I often pray for people to go to jail when I'm <laughs> when I run the road. Right. Please, Lord. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, especially in the height of addiction, it was the it was a slap in the face that I needed mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I stayed four nights. It was mm-hmm. awful. <laughs> um it was not my first arrest, yeah. but it was my first time staying overnight. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but, you know, I look back and like you're talking about, and God's sovereignty, um, it was just, it was amazing. It, somebody, part of one of your questions was about someone who had done something when I was in a time where I felt no hope. Um, so ladies came and had church with me mm-hmm. and, um, you know, those hymns <laughs> and reading that scripture. Yeah. It reminded me whose I was, right. you know, and who I was. And it was, it was, it was the turnaround I needed. I came home and, um, you know, my poor little mama had to come bail me out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his God's perfect plan, my husband now of 16 years and I were on drugs together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't even get a bond or a bail set for him for three months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that was God's perfect plan because if he had gotten out, when I did, I just, you know, I think it would have been a mess. And, right. and I remember telling him, I was like, you know, I'm done with this. And he's, oh, I am too. And I said, yeah, I've heard of jailhouse religion before. But, you know, everybody while they're there is, I promise, I yeah, promise, right. you know. I thought, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but God was working on his heart too. And I'm forever grateful that I got to go through recovery with him. I know a lot of times you really have to just drop everybody right. and all of your people. Um, and it's not lost on me that we were able to do that together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just kind of started with, uh, sleeping on the, well, I was sleeping on the couch at my parents' house, you know, got a job at the gas station up the road and would sleep 12 to 14 hours a night. Mm-hmm. And my body just trying to really catch up on what I had put it through all those, um, the nights on speed and staying up for, for so long. But the night that, um, I cried out. I, I asked to go to jail. I <laughs> say I asked for it, but I, yeah. um, we had tried several times to get off of, of meth our own, mm-hmm. and um, and we couldn't. And on my way to steal to support the habit that night, cried out to the Lord, just please, please, God, please help us get off this stuff, you know. And um, and He heard me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no matter you know all the the sin that was in the way. He, in the iniquity of my heart, he still heard me mm. because three weeks later, that was what I was arrested for. Right. That was the, that night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and so the day I left jail, <laughs> we'll get ready. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> the day I left jail, I was filthy physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I was scared to take a shower mm. and bathe the whole four days I was there. Mm. So I just, I just want you to see the picture of like, I mean, just dirty, mm. worn out, dirty. Mm. And, um, Kaylee was starting fourth grade when I was sitting in jail and I was supposed to have taken her to meet the teacher and her first day of school. And, um, when I walked in the apartment that night, my dad was sitting there climbing her. She was in his lap and with every right to be angry and reject me, she just threw up in her arms and said, mama. <laughs> and I so often think that if I ever saw Jesus here on this side of the earth, it was that day that she just, she welcomed me and she was so excited to see me and she did not care how dirty. And, um, 
man, how Jesus is like that for us. That if you will just cry out, Father, you know, and he doesn't care. Um, Going to jail was liberating. (laughs) And, you know, I'm talking to another person in my family right now who's kind of feeling that. And when you've been trying to hold it together so long and trying to hide from the Lord and and letting the enemy put things between you and the Lord, um, there was just a point where I was like, listen, I'm a drug addict and I have a problem. And it was almost freeing because there was no lower to go and nowhere to go but up. Um, And I had been trying to maintain addiction and issues for like 10 years and I was tired, you know, and um, in the meantime, trying to raise Kaylee and did not do a good job of it at all. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's been 18 years ago, mm-hmm. which still blows my mind yeah. to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also knew this was going to happen. So I'm trying to like not like freak out too much. So, you know, um, sitting here. You know, and since then, even like bringing me to work at the the pregnancy center. Yes. Um, so I would kind of wear, we got back into church and my husband and I got married and, um, I'm thankful we had a, uh, my father-in-law was like relentless, you know, you need to come to church, you need to come to church, you need to come to church. I was like, well, we're still smoking weed. So leave me alone. And he's like, you need to come to church, you yeah, need yeah. to come to church. Um, and he was right. You know, we came as we were at the time and looking back, God removed things in his time, mm. you know, so don't wait <laughs> to go to church because you're never going to be right. But even the things that you may think are like, I can't go to church doing this. Yes, you can. And he'll take that out. But we had gotten back into church, and God was really working on my faith. And um, I would start to share. I, I even had ladies invite me to go to like to the jail, the city jail in Anderson, and do Bible study. Right. And I loved it. And um, go to transitional housing. And I would kind of wear the badge of honor about being arrested and drugs. But I didn't want to talk about an abortion. Right. <laughs> and I still was not telling a lot of people. Right. And um, and like I said, I had volunteered and watched children a little bit at the pregnancy center while I worked a retail job in Anderson. And I had been there like eight and a half years. And I was, I had like, I feel like sometimes I had backed myself into a little cozy corner. Um, It was like, okay, I wasn't trying to be anything more than that. I still, yes. And because I still, and not that there was anything wrong with that, but I, I was, I was stuck there because I was like, it's okay. I'm a, you know, I'm a drug addict or I was this, I was a high school dropout GD. And this is just, this is just good for me. This is just, you know, and, um, and my husband started to push, you know, he started to do better in his career and step out of his comfort Mm -hmm. zone. But my self-worth and self, um, esteem still was tied to too many of those things. And, um, and I had not dealt with the abortion either. Um, so, the, there was somebody that got hired at the Dollar Tree that I had trouble getting along with. I know you're shocked because I get along with everybody. It's true. Um, yeah, it really but, is true. No, but how I think about how God uses things in our life to erode at you know, and literally he had to push me. I mean, yeah. like literally. So the the lady that had invited me to watch children, Tanya Dyer, she still works there. She, her husband, um, they used to be the youth pastor. You know, when when I was coming up in church, we've had a, a long relationship in yeah. in the Lord, and um, she came in there one day to shop and I kept thinking man I really maybe I should look for a job like at the Haven or or just I want to be in ministry maybe even the pregnancy center and um she came into shop and before she left I I almost could not get the words out 
and feel worthy enough to even ask her about the job. And I, I tell people that if I felt like the Lord put his thumb in my back, yeah, right. <laughs> like I kept looking at her and she started looking at me like, why is she looking at me? And I was thinking, Audrey, just ask. And I was like, no, I'm not going to ask. You just ask. No, don't ask. You know? And then finally it was like, oh, hey, are they hiring at the pregnancy center? <laughs> you know? And yeah. she said, as a matter of fact, they are. And wow. she said, I'm headed there right now. I thought, okay. You know? And she mentioned to Julie, the director, and she said, are you talking about that girl that works at the Dollar Tree that smiles all the time? <laughs> she said, yeah, that's her. <laughs> and yeah. um, that's where that started. Wow. But when I came there, as the part-time bookkeeper, I was having this conversation with the Lord about, why did you bring me here? Yeah. This is still very painful. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want people to know people. If they knew that nobody would, you know, yeah. I just, I equated it in my mind worse than all the drugs and all the arrest and all those mm -hmm. things. Um, and the enemy was just still filling me with those lies. Yeah. And I was listening to it. And there was a girl that came in that um, was contemplating abortion. And I was just overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit and got on my knees in the bookkeeping office. And um, I knew it was time to tell somebody. And I went out there and told the client advocate that was working with her. I said, listen, I got to tell you something. I've had an abortion and I've got to talk to this girl. She said, go, go, mm -hmm. you know. Um and I shared it with her, and God used that. Um, she chose life. You know, they placed for adoption instead of aborting. Mm -hmm. And um, then I started to share. And, you know, once you bring things to light, yeah. the enemy has no power yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, um, well, it even gave me the glory bumps now. Um, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I've never heard glory, glory bumps, bumps before. That's really funny. I will only say glory bumps. Yeah, that's really glory great. Bumps. Um, but, you know, once I start, once I spoke it out loud, um, I had a, a lady from another pregnancy center that the Lord sent to me and I shared a little testimony with yeah. her during this time, Julie had left. Um, so I was interim director of a pregnancy center and not sharing with people that I had had an abortion because right, right. I thought, well, these people are going to hate me. They're mm. never going to love me. That, well, that's what the, you know, the enemy yeah. was telling me. So Brenda Bagwell, who was at Piedmont Women's Center mm. said, you should really go through this program called Forgiven and Set Free. It's a post-abortion Bible study written by Linda Cochran. And I know it sounds so cliche, but it was life changing right. for me. And sometimes I have yet to go through a Bible study that like rocked me like that one did, yeah. probably because of the way my heart was prepared when I went into it. Mm. Um, and it's intense. It's not, it's a lot of scripture and it's a lot of study about the character of God and who God is. Right. Um, and, and I laid that at, at Jesus's feet. Um, I was able to grieve my baby um, through that Bible study you know, you feel like you can't do that because it was your fault. Um, but there's no closure there. And the enemy knows it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he doesn't use any new things. That's what we always got to remember. It's yeah. always the same old yeah, junk. Centrics. You just yeah. gotta, you know, and, um, and so it, it, I don't know. It just, it was, it was life changing. I began to share more publicly and God has used it. Yeah. And I will always regret that I made that choice, mm -hmm. but I don't sit in a place of shame from right. it anymore. Um, I know that it's washed yeah. in the blood yeah. and he can use things meant for evil for good all the time. Mm -hmm. I've seen him do it a, yeah. million, times a million times in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if that is anybody's story, can yeah. I put a plug? Yeah, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. If you know, don't, don't believe that anymore. And they're forgiven and set free. Even if you want to go get the book, cool. it's by Linda Cochran. Um, but we have a post-abortion Bible study at the pregnancy center in Anderson. Mm -hmm. There's one in Piedmont. Cool. Um, they're almost at all of them. Yeah. So um, don't believe that lie from the enemy anymore. Mm -hmm. That sin can be forgiven as well. Mm -hmm. And there's freedom in Christ. That's so. great. 
two of the two of the things that I was thinking is, and people who have like listened to podcasts are going to be like, "Do you read any other part of the Bible?" But <laughs> Revelation twelve, where it talks about like the way that we defeat the enemies by the blood of the Lamb and mm-hmm. the word of our testimony, and like <laughs> like that, you stepping into sharing your story, like that's the second that he, Satan was like, "Well." Darn it. I don't have her anymore. That's right. Like, and it's just like what scripture tells us, and it's the truth. Yeah. Um, and that's like how God uses the things that we choose over him for his glory in the end. It's like, I'm going to still make this all work together for my good and for your good. Um, and then also, I remember sitting in your office two and a half years ago when I was interning at the at the church. Um, and uh, we got to pray together before you got to share your testimony. One of the girls heard your testimony for the first time. And I was sitting there like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like it, just being so one honored that like we just met, but I got to be a part of this like small part of your story, but also just like um, getting to celebrate afterwards of yeah. like same thing. Like you shared the wood. She like, you know, ran and hugged you back in the day. <laughs> like you were like, she just like looked at me and said that she loves me. And like, you know, and so it's just like so cool to see again, like God's hand over your life and your ministry and your family. And so, um, and so I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love that me and Brady have like two very different perspectives where he's known you for such a long time and got to hear your story. But like me, it's like the first time I'm meeting you, <laughs> first time I'm hearing everything. And I'm just wrecked. Like I'm over <laughs> here crying to make sure my mascara is yeah. not running down my face. Right. Um, I just like, can't like stop thinking about how you, how you just talked about like the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. and just his goodness um, and how beautiful it is in the pain and then the hope, but those are coexisting at mm-hmm. the same time because right. it shows a duality of God's goodness despite how bad the circumstances are. Yes. And I think that just shows how gracious the Lord is in being with us through the pain because we're, we're promised we're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this world is right. what it is, um, but it shows us how sweet and kind the Lord is to sit with us and be with us in the pain because he knows we're going to have to suffer through it on this side of eternity. I think your sword just just amplifies that so beautifully. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Um, Kind of as we get towards the end of our time, um, I'd love to kind of also just chat through, um, y'all just had a big event this last week. I just, you know, share a lot with the city of Anderson and other nonprofit partners in the area. Um, I'd love to just hear kind of some of the testimony that you got to, you've already seen from that event or the stories you got to hear or share. Just kind of just from that. About that. We, yeah. um, well, we, that is the largest fundraiser that we've ever had. Wow. <laughs> we, um, we brought in a lot more money than we normally do. Cool. Um, and I'm excited. Two years ago, we had a huge ask as well, and we raised the, three quarters of the money um, we needed to purchase a van. Yeah. So it started to be my vision. Um, you know, the Lord laid on my heart about taking some of the services out. Mm-hmm. And so if you know, like a pregnancy center model, some of that is normal. They have mobile units in mm-hmm. these larger cities that will go to near an abortion clinic or maybe near, you know, a college campus or things mm-hmm. like that. But their number one goal is to provide pregnancy tests and ultrasounds on the, the van, the mobile unit. And being in a rural area where we are, right. that's not the largest need a lot more of the our need at our center is the the discipleship and the parenting and walking alongside these girls after they've chosen life and um so 
that was kind of the vision for the van and um we bought that that has been amazing we've been out about seven or eight times but 77 percent of the people that we've met on these trips mm-hmm. are eligible for our program which means they're either pregnant or have a child under the year um under a year old mm-hmm. so that is amazing the the part of this uh banquet was I've been, it's been my baby. And so I take the van out. Yeah, <laughs> I right. really like taking the van out. Um, because being a director of a ministry, I, I have all the compassion and I believe in everything we're doing, but you don't get to be as involved with right. sharing the gospel face to face. They only call me like on the bad situations, yeah, you right, know, right. now or something, but, um, but, and don't take it wrong. I'm very, very grateful, but it was a chance for me to get back out and, and see people in the community and remind them they're not forgotten in these right. places that feel forgotten and that they're brave enough to bring their children into this world. We are going to help them yeah. meet physical needs and encouragement. Um, but we've got to get a staff member for the van. I finally yeah. realized it's a little, a little much. Um, but, and so the classes, like we mm-hmm. shared with you, I was so inspired when um, two of our clients that went through your classes yeah. in order to qualify for the Santa shop, some of them were still coming after yeah. they qualified. Yeah. And I, I thought, man, if that's what they're longing for, right. you know, and we partnered with y'all for a little while, mm-hmm. we're trying to get them going there. Um, but we really are going to have to, we need a staff person to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's growing and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was too big ass to be able to employ two more people yeah. and, and then to increase advertisement. So advertising is expensive. Yeah. Um, but I still meet people that lived in Anderson their whole life. And they're like a pregnancy center. Where's that? Mm. I'm like, it's been there 32 years, but in their defense, when I was 17 and pregnant, I didn't know about it when I was 19 and pregnant. I didn't know about Mm. it. And I had lived in Anderson my whole life as well. So, um, with the funds that we raise, that can be a reality. Wow. There'll be more advertisement. Hopefully, you're going to start to see Anderson Pregnancy Care everywhere you go. <laughs> you know, um, but to be able to do that and to just get that van out in the community mm-hmm. maybe twice a week, right. you know, things like that. I'm very, very excited That's about amazing. yeah. This wow. fundraiser was great. Wow, I'm so. I love it. I'm so excited for everything that you guys are getting to do and will do. And um, I also just realized, I should have said this earlier, but I feel like we're at some point going to have to bring you back for another episode because <laughs> one of your childhood best friends works at the Dream Center. Um, if you guys listened last season to the podcast, Tanya Burris, the director of our resale stores, um, her and Audrey grew up together. And I've only heard a couple stories <laughs> and seen some like dance videos and stuff, but the two of you on here together would be would be a would be a lot of fun and also there's a lot of just really cool again like sovereignty of the lord over lives overlying like she said she told me at the event of the day she's like i was a blubbering mess because stuff that she was talking about (laughs) i was like she said i was there for like that's what a lot of it yeah yeah and so it's just man it's just so cool tanya gave me a mom's devotional bible when i was pregnant with kaylee Mm. and i had begun to really you know um, fall off before then, obviously. Um, but yeah, that, that Bible meant a lot. That Bible meant a lot. (laughs) It also would probably just be more so, so entertaining entertaining. before we're sitting here. We we could probably just let y'all have the mic. So me and Sarah could be like, Hey guys, and then we'll see you later. Yeah. Just cause that's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for coming here today. I know it's a drive and it was worth it, but I'm, you're just one of my favorite people, and Thank I'm so you. grateful <laughs> to be able to do ministry alongside of you and to see you as often as I get to. So um, just thank you. So thank glad you. you were here. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for um, tuning in to this week's episode, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.